Hi, welcome to Hagigeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Ari Ben Leah, and for a Rafu Shlema for Esther Batsipora. This week's Parsha is Korach, named for the antagonist of our narrative of the moment. Who is Korach? Korach is Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam's cousin. In short, Korach feels as if he was looked over for a spiritual promotion of kinds, the promotion of being chosen as the head of one of the Levi of one of the Levi families. And so he incites a rebellion and, spoiler alert, is swallowed up by the earth. A rather dramatic ending. And maybe this next part will be a little bit annoying, but I feel like it's always good to have context for who these people are to each other. So let's do some greatly abbreviated genealogy. First, we had Avraham, who had Yitzchak, who had Isaac. And Yitzchak had Yaakov, Jacob. And one of Jacob's sons was Levi. And one of Levi's sons was Kehat. And Kehat had a few sons. Those few sons including Amram and Itzhar. Okay, so Amram is the father of Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. And Korah is the son of Itzhar. Do you remember a few weeks ago when we talked about the different families within the tribe of Levi? There was Bnei Gershoni, Bnei Kehati, and Bnei Merari, who each had different responsibilities in the Mishkan and the Tabernacle. These families were named for their patriarchs, Gershon, Kehat, and Merari. If you glance back at this little list of genealogy, Kehat was both Moshe and Korach's grandfather. As kids of Amram, Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam were the children of the oldest son of Kehat. As the child of Itzhar, Korach is the oldest son of the second eldest son of Kehat. So what exactly was Korach overlooked for? Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam were already special. They were the Kohen Gadol, high priest, this was Aaron, the general leader, Moshe, a righteous prophetess, Miriam. Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, and Korach also had a younger cousin named Elitzafan. Elitzafan was given the leadership of Bnei Kehat, and that position is something that Korach wanted. And if we're going by the hierarchy of genealogy, Korach was the next in line, not Elitzafan, so he's honestly rightfully mad. But you would only know that Korach is mad about this specific appointment of Elitzafan if you read the Midrash and other commentary on this Parsha. If you just read the text of the Torah, it seems like Korach is just generally mad at Moshe and Aaron in general. Korach and his fellow rebels say that Moshe and Aaron have given themselves too much power. They say, why do you guys get to be the ones in charge when we are all special and all holy? They say, for the entire congregation is holy. Ki kulam kadoshim. And based on this previous statement, you'd think that Korach just has a grievance with there being any kind of leadership. Maybe he believes that the nation should be 100% democratic with no leaders whatsoever. Except that, of course, that really isn't his grievance. His anger is personal. He personally was passed up for a role, and yet he still corrals 250 accomplished men to accompany his complaint. He manipulates 250 men of good repute into rebelling against their righteous leaders, all for the sake of his wounded pride. The scariest people are those who can make you feel emotions without you realizing that they are the ones who put those thoughts in your head. If we believe that the Torah was written in chronological order, last week's Parsha happened recently, and it was a low moment, when the Miraglim, when the spies came back and scared all of Bnei Yisrael into being afraid of entering Eretz Yisrael, the people lost a bit of their faith in the leadership of Moshe and Aaron. Korach saw that there was a vulnerable moment, and he took advantage of it. 
So not only is he a manipulator, but he's also a user with serious pride issues. Not to mention, not only was Korach already a member of Bnei Yisrael in a special way, he was a member of Shevet Levi, the tribe of Levi, who get to be the priests and be in charge of things in the Mishkan and the tabernacle, he was also a member of Bnei Kehati, the most elite, spiritually heightened group within the already special group of the tribe of Levi. And he's mentioned as being smart, cunning, and wealthy. This guy has everything in the world, and yet he still is not satisfied. He's the last person who is a man of the people. You know how they say that the kind of person who wants to be president isn't the kind of person who should be president? Or that the kind of person who should be president doesn't want to be? Desiring power or fame above all else has never ended well for any character in any movie or musical or play or TV show. So yes, Moshe and Aaron were the leaders of Bnei Yisrael, but not because they desired such leadership. Moshe specifically is known for being exceedingly humble. In last week's Parsha, he's described as a very humble man, more so than anyone on the earth. Moshe has to be seriously convinced by Hashem to take leadership on back in the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus, and the burning bush moment. When commanded that he is the person to redeem Bnei Yisrael, Moshe says, Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Mi anochi ki elech al paro. Moshe's nisayon, his, his test in life, perhaps, was to be a leader when he didn't feel like he could be. And perhaps Korach's nisayon, his test, was to be passed up for leadership when he felt like he deserved it. A test to see if he could handle letting someone else have the reins when he thought he deserved it. I think about this concept a lot how sometimes the thing that we really think is the thing in our lives is really the thing that's meant to pass us up. How we deal with the disappointment is perhaps the test, not how we would do if we were to succeed. It's not like Korach was destined from the beginning of time to be swallowed by the earth. He had an opportunity to overcome his natural inclination to desire power, or his natural inclination to feel entitled. But he chose not to, and this was his downfall. I read a delightfully fantastical book called The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern a few months ago. Shout out to my friend Claire Scheuer for that excellent recommendation. In the book, it describes children being put through tests when they're young to see if they're worthy of entering the secret society of people who like books. I think it was called something else, but that really sums it up. It would involve a stranger approaching a child and asking them to guard a book until they come back. If the child stays with the book and watches it successfully, they graduate onto more advanced tasks. If they lost interest with the book and left, they didn't pass and their life went on as if nothing happened. Another test had a child happen upon a very realistic painting of a door, complete with a very grabbable doorknob on an alley wall. If the child suspended their disbelief and reached for the doorknob and tried to open it, they would have been allowed into the underground library. This book was delightfully removed from reality. My point in relating this story is, you can have your test happen and you don't even know it. Your whole life could go on as normal. It could change your life in a bad way, i.e. getting swallowed by the earth a la Korach, or it could change your life in a beautiful way. And unfortunately, I now look at every second of my life as a chance to be inducted into the secret society of people who like books, as I do like books very much. But maybe don't do everything that a stranger approaches you and asks, okay? Korach was a bad guy because he took his personal grievances and poisoned the public opinion with his own anger. 
He was a bad guy because he pretended to be a good guy. Someone defending the rights and the value of the everyday person when in fact he was the opposite of an everyday person. So the point of this Parsha is, I guess, keep your grievances that are personal, personal, and always open realistic paintings of doors if you happen upon them in an alleyway. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for listening. Chodesh uh, Tov. It's now we're entering the month of Tammuz. Also, happy In the Heights release weekend. The musical movie In the Heights is being released this weekend in theaters and on HBO Max. I'm not being sponsored to say this, obviously. I'm just a really big fan. I watched the first hour and it's so beautiful. I cried so much. It's amazing. And I'll attach a link to the trailer because it's just too good. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, go watch In the Heights and open paintings of doors. Okay.